0: My name is Mike my, Stark. My, 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 dark, dark. And I am Richard Waggoner. We're back. Do exactly as we say, it, no one gets hurt. This is it, another edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. With Richard Waggoner. And this week, we, as we do every week, we look at Richard's column for the week. Yeah. Interesting column. We're going to start, though, with uh, the feedback that's in your column from last week's column where you uh, talk about the history of KHJ and KFI. And that was that was fun talking about it last week on the podcast as well. But you did get some feedback on both of those uh, those remembrances.
1: Yes, yes. One of them from one of the instrumental people behind the original boss launch of KHJ, Betty Brenneman, the music director. Oh, right. Um, And she will not really take credit. I mean, she'll kind of uh, reluctantly admit, yeah, okay, I kind of did something. But she always defers to everyone else. She was part of the cog that was KHJ under Ron Jacobs and the others. And she loved working with Ron. So she basically said, thanks for reminding me how privileged and blessed I was and am to have participated in those glorious, fun-filled, nervous, energized, over-the-top busy days and the opportunity of working with some of the most talented radio people who ever graced the airwaves. And she goes on to mention, you know, everyone, not even just the on-air people, not just programming, everyone. You know, the engineers, the the behind-the-scenes, even the salespeople were in on it.
0: Yeah, it was a consolidated effort. That is absolutely for sure. But radio in general was a lot more consolidated in an effort. There was more of a a team feeling in uh, radio gone by than there is today when you're dealing with these corporate operations where things are run from some other city sometimes and it just doesn't they they take it for granted
1: they're living off radio's past really when you think about it a lot of them are just not doing it
0: yeah exactly all right but the main part of your column uh first of all i think you have finally given up the platform of radio for the platform of TikTok. Cuz this story is well, to you, Came to you from TikTok. Tell me yeah. tell me about the story.
1: Well, it actually it was just because I happened to be watching a TikTok and I never knew the the history of Carnies and that the guy who launched Carnies, which is the railroad car that sells chili burgers and hot dogs and more, uh and I think uh, frozen dipped bananas or whatever it is, uh, up on uh, in Hollywood on the Strip, as well as one somewhere in the valley, right? Uh,
0: yeah. Burbank or something like that? They used to. I don't know if they still yeah. do, but they did, yes.
1: Anyway, um, the, the guy who started it was a radio guy. And mm-hmm. I'm watching this TikTok, and he goes to, you know, five facts you didn't know about carnies. And one, fact number one, this guy took KKDJ and turned it into the powerhouse KISS-FM that we know today. What? And I'm thinking, wait a minute. He left radio in 1973 to launch Carnies, which opened in 75. There wasn't a KISS-FM in 73. It didn't happen until 75. <laughs> And oh. it wasn't even a top 40 powerhouse when it first went on. Because if you remember, KKDJ was the top 40 station. KISS was the adult contemporary station. And when they merged, they were kind of like, uh, not uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It wasn't top 40. It wasn't really light rock, but it certainly wasn't top 40. And um, it was kind of the early version of adult contemporary. So I started thinking, okay, that doesn't sound right. What, what's right? So I started searching around and found very, very little information. Everything seemed to go back to an L.A. Times obituary when the founder died. And um, I'm trying to think. It was John Wolfe, Sr., um, who was considered kind of a marketing genius to many, I guess. There was an obituary about him, and it mentioned that. It mentioned that he worked at Kiss FM in the 60s and helped launch it as a top 40 powerhouse or something like that. And I started thinking, OK, that's even weirder because there wasn't a Kiss in the 60s. Kiss AM didn't exist and at the time they called it KWIS uh didn't start until 1970 Kiss and KKDJ merged in 75 to form Kiss AM and FM in 75 but it wasn't until 1981 that Kiss FM became a top 40 powerhouse and it was even probably closer to 82 because if you hear the early editions of Kiss FM with Rick D's on the air they were still playing light rock an adult contemporary, kind of a chicken rock uh, format, in uh, July of uh, of 81 still. So none of these things make sense. So I started asking around, does anyone know? And never, no one says anything. So I called Mike Wagner, who was at KISS and KKDJ, and he said he wasn't involved in the FM at all. Call so-and-so and find out. So I happened to write to Don Barrett. And Barrett said, oh, I got a memory for this. So it turns out that um, one of the originators of Top 40 Radio, Chuck Bloor, happens to know the story because he was doing a memory of it. And the story is, this is a guy that worked at KFWB, KPOL, and early KISS. And when he was at KISS, decided to leave radio, just as said, in 73 and launch Carney's. So there is there is a semblance of truth to the idea that yeah he worked in radio and he left but the times was way off on the details which i kind of find typical when they do their radio coverage ever since don left in the 70s right <laughs> don page right. but anyway it, it still makes for an interesting story this radio guy who was very successful as a marketing promotions guy leaves radio starts carnies one of the favorite places that uh, my wife and i went to when we were dating and uh, the rest is history
0: you know i it just Occurred to me before we went on the air, we talked about the Carney's commercials that used to run on the radio. The description they would make, the guy in the commercial would make towards the snapping hot dog, right? And uh, which Carney's dogs absolutely did snap when you bit bit into them. Yeah, but I think, and you brought up his name. I think those were voiced by Chuck Bloor.
1: I think they were. I think he did it as a favor. Yeah, because they were good friends.
0: Yeah, so there is that connection to yep. to radio as yep. well. So that that's really uh, an interesting story, almost a uh, uh something that could be turned into a podcast it sounds like, right. you know, <laughs> a whole series of uh, <laughs> uh things that that this guy was involved with, which that's is right. amazing. So anyway, and All you right, mentioned
1: well, yeah, he's not a radio guy, but he's a TV guy. You mentioned Snoop Dogg has a hot dog stand in Long Beach.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Went there not too long ago. It's excellent. This has nothing to do with radio, uh, except that Snoop's songs get played on the radio occasionally. Exactly. Some of them do. There's the connection. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing hot dogs. They're all throughout Southern California. We don't get paid by them, but uh, you should check them out. There's one in Long Beach and one in Downey. And the woman at the store told me there's one in Vegas, but there's some others. I think there's one out in the Valley. Check it out. It's called uh, Dirty Dog, I believe. I'm not sure. So check it out. Google it. You'll find it.
1: And, and unfortunately, uh, great, they're not great. laced with anything, right?
0: No, they're not laced with anything except high cholesterol products. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, anything else going on or is it not slow? Not much. It's a quiet time. Okay. Well, we will return next week with another exciting episode of Radio Radio Wave.